morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Politically Incorrect News. So, I had another episode that I had to delete because it was supposed to be posted the day after Father's Day, but after I made it, when it was doing its loading thing, I got busy and I didn't post it, so it never got published it just got deleted. I'll do that subject on a later date. But, today... Today is the day after 4th of July, our Independence Day. Now, rewind, let's look back, 1776. The day the Declaration of Independence was written. Now, the colonists decided that they no longer wanted to be under British rule because they were paying so much in taxes and they were being charged so much to have any kind of goods imported from Britain. So the colonies were pretty much being bled dry as far as money went. So the colonists decided that They wanted their own independence. They wanted to make their own nation and be able to trade with whatever country they wanted. Britain didn't like that idea. So, the Declaration of Independence was written. When it was written, 55 colonists from all different backgrounds signed the bottom of this document. They were all involved in writing it, but rather than one signature putting all the blame on one person, 55 other men signed this document. It was a collective thing. Now, what most people think is that the Declaration of Independence... Because when I was growing up, this is how I understood it. Until later on, when I was told the real truth about the whole ordeal. When the Declaration of Independence was made and signed and sent, they made a copy of it to keep for themselves. But when they sent it, this infuriated the King of England at the time. Absolutely infuriated him. What these 55 men had done when they signed the bottom of this document, they weren't just signing a piece of paper that says, hey, England, you know, we've had a good run and everything, you know, being under your rule, but we feel that we'd be better off if we were on our own and able to trade with any country we wanted. And they handed it to Britain and Britain just says, "Eh, yeah, okay. You know, have fun. Good luck on your future endeavors. No. This document was literally a death sentence. They were signing their own death warrants. They didn't sign this document lightly. They didn't lighthearted sign it. They knew 
that if the United States did not succeed in defeating Britain and getting its own independence from Britain, then these 55 men would be either hung or they would have their heads cut off because it was treason. Fast forward to the 1800s, early 1800s, 1814, I believe it was. During the time that this whole thing was going on, England was fighting more than one battle. And when they finally finished the other battle, they could focus all their attention back on the colonies. And when they did, they decided, after burning Washington, instead of taking Washington, they decided that they would take the harbor at Baltimore. At Baltimore, the harbor was protected by a newly built fort in 1800 called Fort McHenry. Fort McHenry was a star-shaped uh, star fort that was meant to protect the harbor at Baltimore. Well, they decided, the colonists had decided that they wanted to try to negotiate for some release of some colonists' prisoners that were on a ship that was anchored in the harbor, a British ship. So they sent a man, a lawyer, to negotiate for the release of these prisoners. And the man was sent to the ship and spoke with the admiral of the ship. And the admiral and the lawyer decided that they would trade fairly at a one-to-one -one ratio. One British prisoner from the colonies for one colonist prisoner from the British ship. The man agreed, the lawyer agreed, and he walks down into the bottom of the ship where these prisoners were held and tells them, hey, we've negotiated for your release and you'll be going home soon. And the people were excited. And he goes back up to the top deck where the Admiral's there. The Admiral looks at the man and says, uh, we have a problem. The lawyer looks at the Admiral and says, what's wrong? He says, well, we're going to honor the agreement for the release of the prisoners, but at this point it's going to be all academic, because the war is fixing to be over soon. And confused, the lawyer, you know, inquires what's going to happen, what, what's going on, and says that, uh, you see that? fort over there well that fort we're fixing to wipe from the face of the earth and the lawyer looks at the admiral and says you can't do that sir it's mostly women and children there it's not even a primarily military fort 
the Admiral says, well, we've left him a way out. The lawyer looks at him and says, well, how is that, sir? He said, you see that flag right there on the rampart? We've told them that if they will just lower that flag, we'll stop bombarding them. All they have to do is drop that flag that y'all love so much and concede and capitulate. Then we'll stop the bombardment. Lawyer says, well, how are you going to do that? The Admiral turns around and looks behind him and says, why don't you scan the horizon over there? Lawyer does. There's hundreds of little dots on the horizon. He said, you see those dots? That's the entire might of the British fleet. They'll be within striking distance of this fort within two and a half hours. And when they do, we're going to hit it until that flag comes down. So the lawyer goes downstairs and tells the men about it. To which they ask him to let them know if the flag comes down. A couple hours later, the fleet gets there. And they start firing. Relentless. So many shots that you can't hear a break in between shots. And they start hammering this fort. And every now and then, by the way, this is late in the afternoon, like, it's going into night. So they can't really see the fort anymore. It's so dark. But as they're firing... Shells are exploding. Every now and then it will light up right by the flag. And it was so loud that you couldn't hear anybody talking. But every now and then you'd see a flash and that flag would still be there. And it'd still be there. It'd still be there. Three to four hours go into it. They stopped for a moment and they said, We don't understand your people are crazy but what we're going to do we're going to specifically target that flag now and we're going to shoot it until it comes down so for the rest of the night they fire at the flag and target only the flag and they fire 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 and And every now and then that flash will happen near the flag and the lawyer can see the flag still there it's still there it's still there it's still there by morning the shells finally stop and the smoke and fog is thick and hanging in the air by the early light they can see the flag the poles bent flags tattered and torn but it's still above the fort still flying
the Admiral decides that he's just going to stop. And the lawyer leaves the boat and they release prisoners. And the lawyer goes straight to the fort to find out what happened. As he gets to the fort, he can see that the flag took multiple direct hits. Just direct hit after direct hit after direct hit. Come to find out that the reason why the flag was still standing is because the men that were there, if it started to fall, they would go and hold it by hand in place. Even though they were being bombarded and shot and they knew that they would probably die, they still went to hold that flag because it meant freedom. Man after man after man went up to hold the flag, gave their lives to hold that flag in place. And by the end, what held that flag was the bodies of these men. The bodies of these men who gave up their lives to keep that flag high so that freedom could remain in this country. Now, if that story sounds familiar, it's because it's the story of Francis Scott Key. And if that name sounds familiar, then you know your history pretty well. Francis Scott Key was the writer of the Star-Spangled Banner, our national anthem. He witnessed the entire fight, and this was what he saw. Next time you sing the national anthem, think about those words and what it really meant to see that flag. The flag meant more to these men than life itself. See, what people forget is the American people, most American people, would rather die on their feet fighting than die on their knees begging. Excuse me, than live on their knees begging. And most people have forgotten that. Now the reason why I bring this up is because I've seen a video on it and I had to watch it because I remember the story. But it's good to refresh it in your mind. And I decided that, you know what? This is something I believe that people need to be reminded of. So I clicked share off of YouTube and tried to share it to my Facebook page. To which Facebook alerts me and says that this has been flagged as false information 
by independent fact-checkers. You see, people, this is what we have to have to be careful of. Because these independent fact-checkers are calling things that are history false information. That is how he wrote the Star-Spangled Banner. That's how the poem became the song. These events happened. But because the fact-checkers don't see it fitting into their narrative, they're calling it false information. They're taking your freedoms, they're changing your history, they're calling things from historical events false information. Don't believe it. Don't believe anything that these fact-checkers say is false information. But that's all I got for you guys. I know it's the 5th, but I hope you had a safe 4th of July. Remember those freedoms that we have. Keep them close to your heart. Remember, we probably will have to fight for this one day. And to all of my people that are out there that love your freedom and you support the Second Amendment and you think that the Second Amendment is written not just for hunting, but for defending ourselves against not just the possibility of somebody coming into our home, but also the tyrannical government trying to take over. If you believe that, thank you for believing that, and congratulations, you're like me. You are called an extremist by the current administration. But that's all I got for you today. So, like always, stay safe. Keep your family safe. Pray. And God bless America.